Bang, bang. Welcome to another episode of the Christian Coach Podcast. Coach, we're so excited for you joining us today. We remind you that our mission is to serve coaches through conversation so you can lead like Jesus. I'm one of the co-hosts. My name is Jim Good. I'm serving full-time with Nations of Coaches, and we're here also with Chad Simpson and Gian Lemmy. How are you, boys? Hey, Jim. Hey, Jim. Quickly, boys, just tell us uh, where you're serving at so our uh, audience knows uh, what's going on in your life. Yeah, Jim, I'm I'm with Athletes in Action up at the headquarters in, in Ohio. I'm the tennis director. And uh, so, yeah, me and Gian, we, we started this podcast in 2020 when COVID hit. And uh, we just we're, we're not the Christian coach. We just want to learn from the Christian coach. And so it, it is crazy that since we started this podcast, all three of us have phased out of coaching. But uh, that's that's where I'm at, Jim. Gene, where are you at? Yeah, I'm at Liberty University. I coached here the women's tennis program for 10 years and just this past year transitioned out of coaching uh, to become the director of operations for both men and women's tennis team. Um, and it's yeah, it's just been great to see the impact the podcast has had, people recognizing us um, and and just uh, giving a listen. You know, we're we're just trying to do our best and learn and continue to grow closer to God and, and become better husbands and, and fathers and, and coaches. Um, so it's just been fun. Love it. Honored, humbled to be part of it. Uh, it was a bicycle, but now it's a tricycle. So I'm the third wheel here and loving the role that I get to play. It is the month of February. So uh, we know what that means. Valentine's Day is coming up. And we talked about uh, just kind of tackling this month and focusing on relationships, focusing on marriages. And so we got a few episodes that we're excited to uh, share with you. And uh, today we have Miss Lori Lassen. Lori is the Executive Director of Rejoice Marriage Ministries. They are located in Pompano Beach, Florida. And Rejoice is providing hope for everyday marriages. So they have devotionals, podcasts, resources, I'd encourage you, Coach, to look up uh, on their website, rejoiceministries.org, and there's just a plethora of information for relationships and marriages. But Lori's the wife, um, a mother, uh, four kids. Three of her kids went to Liberty University, guys. I thought you'd be intrigued with that. <laughs> Let's go. Her husband, Scott, and them have been married over 25 years, and um, I actually coached her two oldest sons. So I had them on my team a few years ago, but Lori gives some great advice, some great insight for different stages that you may be in right now, coach. And I'll share this and get the guy's perspective, what to look in on and hone in on. But she says this coach, and it hit me right in the heart. Don't be a coach at home. And I know for me in my career, it's so easy to keep that coaching hat on and my wife needs the husband hat, the dad hat, not the coaching hat. Uh, Chad, what did you get? Yeah, I think uh, even just to think about the start of of this marriage ministry, uh, to hear her parents' story of, of restoration. So you have to hear that story at the very beginning. Um, and, and yeah, everything, it was excellent all the way through. I think... Uh, having a plan she talked she really related well to coaches on we we never show up at practice without a plan and uh i loved uh, how she shared about just the the plan needed in in marriage yeah and for those that are not married she gives great dating advice as well 
Um, she just has so many good insights. I, I took a bunch of notes, so many one-liners that she that she said. Um, and uh, just great episode all around. Jim, great job interviewing her and asking good questions so that it will help everybody else. And Coach, just want to get to the episode right now. Welcome to another episode of the Christian Coach Podcast. Coaches, listeners, we're so excited for you joining us today. We remind you our mission is to serve coaches through conversation so they can lead like Jesus. And I got to be honest, this is a unique guest today, a special guest. She's not a coach, but I know she is involved with athletics uh, over her life. But Lori Lassen, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you. I'm happy to be on and glad you let a non-coach slip in. Ah, we let you every now and then. We let your <laughs> hype come on in. Yeah. We're excited, excited for Lori to join us. Um, we decided and had a little conversation uh, a few weeks back with our team at the Christian Coach Podcast. And as we enter the month of February, we were just thinking about coaches and their marriages and their relationships. So we wanted to get the perspective of some experts. So Lori, you are one of our experts. So uh, you are involved with uh, Rejoice Marriage Ministries, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But we always open up with our power question. So Lori Lassen, okay. what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Or I'll even say this, since you're not a coach, what's the importance and value of a Christian coach? Well, coaches are valuable in the aspect of what they do anyhow. They're teaching players skills. They're um, working with players, not just in a team level, but as individuals. And so they have an important job. But as a Christian coach, you have an even more special opportunity to pour into that person spiritually. And even coaches that are not um, coaching in a Christian atmosphere, they may be coaching on a secular level, you know, at a um, non-Christian school or organization. Even your one-on-one -on -one interactions with a player that's not a walk a believer in following Christ, you have an opportunity as a Christian coach. And so I think that's a special, unique place that um, God has placed coaches that are believers to, you know, just work for the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Work for the kingdom, because that's what it is. And I know as, as a former coach and seeing some of the coaches who, uh, quote, do it right, they have that perspective. Right. Uh, kingdom work. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. Well, tell us a little bit about you, Lori. Give us that. You know, you we're personal friends. And so I get that 30 <laughs> second uh, bio. So tell us yeah. who you are, what you do, where you're from, anything you want to include. Okay. I'm, in, I'm a native Floridian. There's not a right. lot of us left down here. Everybody's left the state, but I'm a native right. Floridian born and raised in South Florida. Um, I'm married to my husband, Scott. We've been married for 27 years. We've had five kids. And um, I grew up in a Christian home, but a dysfunctional home, meaning that we were what my parents would call Sunday Christians. So they would show up to church on Sunday looking spiffy and mm -hmm. carrying their Bibles. And Monday through Friday, many weeks was chaotic in our house and full of screaming and yelling and abuse and problems in my parents' marriage that we didn't even know as kids were happening. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was 1.0 growing up. And then I had 2.0 growing up after God did some work in my family. And we had a very different uh, second part of my upbringing and childhood. And we'll talk more about that later. But so I had, uh, I feel like I grew up in two different homes. That's mm -hmm. for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Let me ask you this as you share that just a little bit. And like you said, yeah. we'll talk more about that. There's probably that happening a lot in yes. different families. Wouldn't you yes. agree? Yes. Um, my dad would always refer to it as putting on the mask. Yeah. And so you put on the mask for the environment you're in. Yeah. And that's just our, um, that is probably easier now to do than ever before because of social media, for example, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, you look at somebody's feed on social media and you think they've got it all together. Their life is perfect. Their marriage is perfect, but you have no idea what's happening behind the scenes of that. And that is something that we as believers need to be um, be intentional about our transparency, yeah. meaning nobody wins because we're hiding behind a mask. And so it takes letting down like our guard to say to people, hey, I'm struggling, I'm hurting, we're, we're struggling in our marriage, or I'm struggling with this addiction. But when we do that, that's when we can find healing. And then when other people can find healing, because otherwise they think they have to suffer alone in what they're facing. Yeah, I, I think the term that I used even in my personal life was playing church. Right. I yeah. think we, like you say, hide behind that mask and it's mm -hmm. here's our highlight reel, our Instagram, our Facebook story. And we, we love to show the highlights. But then Monday through Friday, we know we're battling our own whatever right. situation addictions. Well, tell us a little bit about Rejoice Marriage Ministries. Tell us what your role is. Tell us what the purpose is, the story behind your ministry and what you're doing down here in South Florida. All right. Well, Rejoice Marriage Ministries, I love to talk about and I love to talk about marriage because I think it's a topic that can easily just be glossed over. And we just think people are married. You say I do and then you move on and, and that's the end of it. But marriage is so important to God. And um, Rejoice Marriage Ministries was started by my parents over 30 years ago. And we seek to help people understand that there is hope for every marriage. Um, like I said, I grew up in two different households. So I had Lori's childhood 1.0 and 2.0. Yeah. And what happened in the middle of that was my mom had finally said, I've had enough. And so she got a divorce from my dad. She sought the help of counselors and pastors. And everybody said, there's no hope for your husband to change. He's abusive. He's unfaithful to you. There's no hope. And so she got a divorce. And two months after her divorce, a couple came to our church and they shared their story of restoration and what God did in their family. They were, um, the husband was an alcoholic. There was abuse in that marriage. And the wife started praying that God would transform his life. And so we believe that God can do miracles. When we have a sick relative or friend, we pray, God, heal them. You know, God, be with my child that's struggling and help them. But when it comes to marriages, so often we think there's no hope. Mm. And we think that God is limitless in what he could do. And so she gave up and she got a divorce. That couple came to church and shared their testimony and it fired her up. And she called my dad that afternoon, Sunday afternoon. They've been divorced for a couple months. He's moved on. He's got a girlfriend. She said, guess who came to our church? I want you to come back tonight and hear their testimony. And he said, no, thank you. I have moved on. You're not adjusting. We're done. And so she went back Sunday night and listened to them again. And at the end of the service, the pastor said, you know, if your marriage is struggling and you want to rededicate your marriage to Christ, I want to invite you couples to come up here into the altar and we're going to have a time of prayer. And as a divorced woman, she walked up to that altar alone and she stood at the corner of that altar and prayed to God, I'm divorced and it seems hopeless, but I know that you can do anything. And so she recommitted her life to Christ that night and her marriage to Christ that mm -hmm. seemed dead in the world's eyes. 
And two and a half years later, about a hundred yards from where she knelt, they were remarried after a very tumultuous um, ups and downs. It wasn't all peaceful for those two and a half years, but God restored their marriage, restored our family and definitely did a transformation in both of my parents' lives. And so my dad wrote a book called Prodigals Do Come Home, and that started Bible studies they were doing, and it grew into this ministry that um, despite his death, he died 10 years ago, we are still um, continuing on that message today. Wow, what a story, and uh, just speaks to the heart and the, the background behind the mission of what you guys do. We have probably um, several coaches that are younger coaches. They're still single. Uh, Maybe they're engaged. And the profession of coaching is hard. Um, Marriage is hard. Life is hard. Relationships are hard. Like everybody, like you said, you, you, you go into the season thinking, oh, it's going to be easy. No, it's going to be hard. We're going to tell you that right off the bat. It's going to yeah, be first, hard. First Corinthians 7, 28 says, those who marry will face many troubles. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a verse that's not often read at weddings. I mean, right. how encouraging, but that's the facts. It's hard. It is. <laughs> well, let's do this. Let me ask you this. Um, the engaged coach, the single coach that eventually knows he wants to be married, um, but he wants to thrive in his profession as a coach as well. And you, you have that balance. What advice or what guidelines, practical, tangible things would you give that young coach who may be listening that um, is about to maybe enter that engagement, that married life? Let me just say that when you're in a season of singleness, some people see it as a gift and others see it as a burden. Mm -hmm. They're in a place that sometimes they don't want to be. They want to be married. They want to have that family or they want a relationship and they're not finding it. And so I would say um, that if you are in a season of singleness right now, first of all, God's called you there. That's where you are right now. That's where he has you. So embrace it. But as a coach, you prepare and you plan ahead. You often go and you scout the team you're going to be playing. You figure out your opposition. You don't just go into a game with no knowledge of what's happening. And I would encourage you as a person who's single to do that same thing in your life. Plan ahead. Mm -hmm. Start looking for how you can be transformed into the husband or wife that you're going to be. Start planning now. Um, There's a wonderful resource called Outdated. It's a book written by Jonathan Pakluda, and it's about dating and finding a love that lasts because the way you have a marriage that will go the lifetime is you start back in your single days working on that marriage, just Mm -hmm. as you do with coaching, you plan and prepare. And so start figuring out what a husband and wife is supposed to be, how you do that. And then that's the way you live your life. And as a person who's dating or engaged, until you say I do, it's not too late to back out of it. If you have a dysfunctional dating relationship, it is not magically going to be better when you get married. It's going to be harder. You're going to be living under one roof. There's going to be more problems. And so don't think that marriage will be the cure-all for dysfunction in your relationship. You need to do the work on the front end to have a marriage that will last a lifetime. Bang, bang. uh, (laughs) Listeners, single coaches, rewind, go back and listen to last minute 30. Lori, that was incredible advice. And I love your analogy about the coach plan ahead, (laughs) scout. Uh, But in that time of engagement, man, that was gold right there. Thank you for sharing that. Let's, Let's do this now. We're into the married life. 
and it's the honeymoon's over. Let, let's just fast forward a little bit. That honeymoon's over. And now the real, let's say, situations, problems, uh, what, whatever word we want to call it, they start happening. Life starts happening. And what advice now do you give to the coach, the spouse, the couple that, you know, struggles are starting to happening or even to kind of piggyback on that, to try to um, give some guidelines or practical advice to kind of keep the honeymoon to keep going or yeah. those are some thoughts that come to mind. Or Listen, marriage, marriage takes work. Yeah. It takes work. You know, we just passed the new year and everybody joined the gym on January 1st thinking yeah. like, Hey, I'm going to join the gym and work out. And you go two days and then you're like, why don't I have a six pack yet? You're not going to get a six pack on day three, and you're not going to have a happy, functional, thriving, God honoring marriage immediately. It's going to be something you always have to work at. And as coaches, it's a unique um, situation for two reasons. Number one, coaches demand respect from the people that are playing for them. They have to be respected. They have a group of people that are looking to them to be told what to do, and they're looking for that to happen. And when a coach goes home, for example, let's talk about a male coach. When a male coach goes home, he might not have that same respect being given to him at home. And he that could be a issue in the marriage. And so you have to understand that as a coach, you have to leave your coaching shoes at the front door when you enter your marriage. And you have to um, work with your spouse, whether you're a male coach or a female coach. It's the same thing. Um, you have to work at your marriage. Um, you know, we talked about the highlight reel earlier, and it's very easy to look at the highlight reel at the end of a season and to see all the highs that you had during a season. But what's left off that highlight reel are the lows that happen to every coach and every team. There's always those games that you lose, those challenges in the locker room, the one-on-one, -on -one, you know, attitude you have to do. Don't look at just the lowlights of your marriage. It's very easy to focus on what's not working right, what's not going well. But if you're putting in effort, then you can look at the highlights and focus on the things that are happening and the things that are going well. Let me make that practical for you. You know, um, as coaches, when you're in a season of coaching, it's a busy season. I understand that. My husband coached for a few years. We had kids that were playing at one time. You know, your spouse and you may be just passing like ships in the night for a season when you're when you're in the middle of your on season. You need to be intentional about setting up time to date your spouse. Yeah. And that may be 10 minutes in the morning before you both leave for work that you can have some extra snuggle time. It might be purposing that we're going to go to bed at the same time so we can talk and have that time connecting. It might be a Wednesday morning breakfast. Whatever it is, be intentional about setting that up. Just as we talked earlier, you don't go to practice without a plan and a playbook and a strategy of what you're going to do. Have a strategy for your marriage. Um, one tool that worked well in our marriage, and we've gone in and out of using it for different seasons, is a, a weekly check-in. And for us, it would be Sunday nights, and it worked well to just sit and talk about our marriage, sit and talk about us. 
Um, some of the questions that we would go over is what brought you joy this week? And it's kind of just connecting with your spouse to say, what, what made you happy this week? You know, when you're in a family, in a marriage, sometimes you can be business partners and we're just running the home and we're getting kids where they need to be and we're getting dinners on the table, but connect with your spouse. So what brought you joy this week? What was hard this week? You know, what, what challenge have you faced this week that that's difficult um, is there anything in our relationship that I need to ask for forgiveness for? Sometimes we can harbor those little bitterness things and it's one little brick that we put on a wall and then we keep adding brick after brick and never tell our spouse, hey, you're frustrating me when this happens. So the weekly check-in is a great time to do that. Mm -hmm. And then asking, how can I pray for you? Because so often um, it's easy to, again, just work like ships in the night and never connect on that level. So be intentional about finding time with your spouse, especially in your season of sports. Yeah. When you're in the on season, make it a priority. That's so good. I know we're going to put those in the show notes with that weekly check-ins and some mm -hmm. of those questions. And if you're listening, coach, and this is kind of hitting you in, in your heart and soul, you're not the only one coach. And we we take pride in having a godly marriage, and that's why we're doing an episode like this. So we pray for you. I like how you said, you know, date your spouse. That is so good. And then, you know, I'll tell you what hit me. You said you're not a coach at home. Right. Because that's, I think, what happens so many times. Like you say, we walk into that door, and that's what I did in my life. And I can remember talking to my wife, Eve, and she says, you're, you're yelling at me. And I'm like, no, that's my, that's how I talk. I'm loud. I'm a coach. I, I speak in the gym. And I had to even learn that, that I am a husband. Right. First. I'm a dad. I'm not, they don't need coach. Good. They need dad. My right. wife needs gym. So, right. so good. So good. Let me, let me ask you this. Cause you mentioned um, being married 27 years. You mentioned your husband being a coach, and I know that he coached for a few times. Now, switch uh, gears a little bit in your mind and your brain. So now you are they, that maybe that coach's wife. You are now that parent. What are some maybe lessons you've learned um, in that role? Being, being a parent, because you have kids, they played sports. Um, you've seen probably some good coaches, some not so good coaches. But just asking you as you think about that, um, as we talk about marriages, you talk about, you know, being a coach's wife, being a, a parent, what are some lessons you learned or you can kind of reflect on to share with our listeners? Well, like we talked about, a coach gets a lot of respect just from their title. You know, the people mm -hmm. look up to the coach, the parents respect the coach, the team players usually respect the coach. And so it's a person that has some um, dignity and clout with them and that can come with a lot of eyes looking at you. Mm. And so it's easy to get in that position as a coach and to um, just think, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm it. Like I've got it all. Everybody wants time with me. The yeah. players love when I give them one-on-one -on -one attention. And you have to remember that your marriage and your spouse is the top priority. And so, you know, as a coach, it can be easy to just kind of gloss over that. And um, even again, in the off season, it's easier to not do because you're not as so much in that midst of busyness, but um, just, just have that be a priority. I know that scheduling is difficult. And so really um, just be intentional about scheduling. That's something that my husband was good about doing. And when he was in that season of being gone every night for dinner and, you know, practices and things like that. And so just be intentional. Yeah. 
I've learned too, as I got older and more mature in my coaching, whenever I was able to include my wife include my kids on a retreat, on a trip, on a outing that now we were able to serve together and she didn't Mm -hmm. feel like the outsider, but now she's part of what we're doing. And a lot of these kids still um, look to my wife as, you know, the mother and the, the um, parental figure in their life. So coaches, man, when you can include your wife and part of that, I know a lot of you are doing this. Um, Talk about this. Let me piggyback on that, including real quick. It's not too late to go back and to make a change. It might be awkward. You might've been a coach for 30 years and you've never included your spouse. And maybe your spouse has zero interest to be included, but start making the change to come together and have your coaching be something that's not just a one partner gig, but it's something like you said, the family's involved in. And so invite your spouse, include your spouse, tell them what's going on, you know, with your schedule and say, Hey, would you be able to come to the game next Thursday? I would love if you were there. And if, you know, when you're working on your marriage, things can get very awkward in the beginning. You know, Mm -hmm. if you've not been used to having a 10 second hug before your spouse leaves every day, or making sure that we've got a 20 second kiss happening every day or date night, Mm -hmm. it can be awkward to start implementing those things, but do the hard work and the awkwardness, because as you start saying, Hey, I want to include you. I want you to be part of this. That's taking steps towards the marriage that you want to have. So be willing to do those awkward things to include your spouse. I like that. Do the awkward hard work and awkwardness. It goes to one of my phrases, get uncomfortable or get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And uh, that that's so good. Uh, Let me ask you this. Um, A lot of our our coaches who are married, of course, have families. And you you mentioned, um, you know, your children and be involved in sports and athletics. Um, What's it like being the mom of athletes or what are some, you know, maybe. guidelines, practical applications, you could kind of relate to our coaches to, you know, being a parent of an athlete or raising, you know, kids, um, anywhere you want to go on that, just now this parental hat, um, you know, and guidelines, applications you've learned over your life with your kids. Oh, I've loved parenting athletes. It has Mm -hmm. been such a joy And, um, I grew up with a parent that worked and, you know, a single mom for a season. So when I was doing my sports, she wasn't always able to be there. And it's such a blessing that my husband and I have both been able to be involved and in the, um, stadiums and on the sidelines, watching our kids do their sports. It's such a blessing. Um, I would say to a coach as a parent that, just because a parent's not showing up to games or not involved in front of you, that may not be of their choosing. And so I would just encourage you to continue to include that parent as much as you can. You know, um, kids love it when they have somebody in the stands that they can look to, especially school age kids. Um, But that's not possible for every parent to do. And so I would just say, even as a parent, Um, you know, I looked for the kid that didn't have somebody there to really cheer extra loud for them, because that's something that as a coach, you can kind of think, well, that parent's not involved. They don't care. They didn't make it a priority to be here, but that may not be always of the parents choosing, especially when it's, uh, you know, single family home. Yeah. And I know, uh, several of our coaches, 
who have uh, children and may not coach them per se, it's important to remember your dad first. You know, I know in my life, coaching some of my own kids or being part of that, you know, I need to be proud of them, of who they are, more importantly, whose they are. And I, and I heard, you know, we need to be careful as parents not to make our, our kids our scoreboard. Right. Man, that hit me, you know? And so just being there, not necessarily talking about the game right away, but just kind of having that silence. And because kids are looking up, especially to a dad, a mom, who's a coach who knows athletics to seek that approval. And it's important for us to say, you know, we love you for who you are, not what you did on the court or what you did in the field, you know, and things like that. Yeah. Um, What about this? Cause I know you have uh, twins that are now in their adult life. Uh, One just got married. So congratulations. And now you have another one getting married and then I think one's engaged. So uh, what a crazy time. But now as you kind of think back, you went through, you know, kind of that hard season of raising, you know, these young kids, watching them through elementary, that awkward middle school years, high school, now college, now past college. Now they're adults. And I'm sure conversations are sometimes a little more mature. Uh, but, you know, you're now in this season of life. So to the coach out there that now is entering that, what advice do you give them as they navigate through their adult children? Let me tell you, it's never too late. That is the theme for today. I hope you hear that over and over, that regardless of what mistakes you've made in the past in your marriage and your family and your parenting, it's not too late. You can go back to your kids and you could say, hey, I may have not have been the dad or the mom I should have been, but I want to start over. And um, we have our oldest, our, our twins that are 23 And so parenting adult kids is a whole different situation, Mm -hmm. but here's the thing is we're still parenting adult kids. And so they're still coming to us. We just had dinner last night with one of our kids that just needed some time with mom and dad to kind of talk through some things and to um, just be heard. And, you know, um, there comes a season in parenting where you're doing more of there. There's a season when you're doing a lot of coaching, you're, you're teaching them the fundamentals, you're Mm -hmm. teaching them about right and wrong. And then there comes a time where you can sit on the bench and sit on the sidelines and kind of watch them play and watch what happens. And they're going to make mistakes and they're going to figure out how to get up and move on. And then there's times where we have to step in and say, listen, like, I'm going to put you on the sidelines right now. And I need to talk to you because you're not making good choices. Mm -hmm. And so as parents, those things continue to happen. And even as your kids are adults, um, they need to look to mom and dad and to say, hey, can you help me with this? You know, I've never been part of a home on my own and I've never um, been married before. How can we go through this? So continue to be there for your kids. Don't just think they're adults now and I walk away. And if you've messed up and if you've not been the mom or dad, go make it right. there's it's never too late I like that it's never too late um I'm blessed I got a great relationship with my dad he was uh my high school coach he was the best man in my wedding I called him last night because I needed advice (laughs) so at 47 I feel like I could do that at 17 it probably no I'm not asking dad for advice he don't know what he's talking about but the importance of that relationship and I'm excited as I have a 19 year old and we're starting to a enter some adult conversation. So that's so good. Uh, again, we are with Lori Lassen. She is the executive 
Director of Rejoice Marriage Ministries down in South Florida. Um, this has been an incredible conversation. Lori is doing a just a phenomenal job with these marriages and these relationships with her family. And we're grateful for you taking the time to, uh, you know, join in, listen, be a part of this conversation. And you can see she has an athletic background. These analogies, these examples, they relate to coaching. And so coach, we don't just care about the X's and O's. Um, we care about your marriage, um, being a father, being a husband, being a wife, uh, being just a godly spouse. So we appreciate Lori taking time to be with us. Um, let me ask you this, Lori, as we're getting ready to kind of close up shop here a little bit. Um, what is God teaching you now? What are some lessons that he's currently teaching you? He is teaching me dependence on him. It is so easy to try to take things and to, um, manipulate and maneuver them on our own. And we want things in our timing. That's what I want, at least maybe mm -hmm. you're more patient, but <laughs> I want God to answer this prayer now. And so right. he's teaching me patience and his power. You know, um, I don't have a life verse. I have verses for seasons of yeah. life. And right now, one that's really special to me is Jeremiah 32, 27. I am the God of all mankind. Nothing is impossible for me. And so really, it can be easy to look at certain situations and think there is no hope for this. I don't know how this is ever going to get resolved. And God says, I can do it. Just let me do what I do. And so that's what he's teaching me right now. Um, awesome. You know, I, I have a wonderful marriage and um, a wonderful husband, but we've been through some seasons of hardship. We've had a child die. We've had a child with ongoing medical illnesses and, you know, things when you hit hardships can be difficult. And so just depending on God to carry you through and continue to have that strong relationship together. Um, those are the things that the devil would love to pull apart a marriage. And so that's what God's just teaching me is keep clinging to him and not just yeah. to my own power. Well, pain, pain always has purpose and we're going to have to get you on, on another episode and we can talk about Man, just the lessons that you've learned and experienced uh, through some obstacles, through some adversity. But man, what an incredible episode. And coach, we care about you uh, spiritually, most importantly. And we remind you that, you know, we're trying to uh, serve you as a coach so you can lead like Jesus. And it's been great having Lori uh, share some of her experience, her some of her insight as she's dealing with these marriages and trying to um, just restore broken marriages. And it is work. Um, we're going to do this, Lori, as we kind of close up before I pray. I'll ask you something to pray about. But um, this is rapid fire now. This is 10 questions. This is off script. You got a minute and the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. okay. So it's a yes or no. It's a favorite. And we're going to fly through them. Okay. Are you ready, Lori? All right. I'm ready. All right. Favorite junk food. Oh, nerds, gummy clusters. Whoa. Very specific. All right. Your go-to restaurant. Uh, anything Mexican. Nice. Favorite sport to play? Pickleball right now. Ooh, nice. <laughs> right, favorite sport to watch? Uh, basketball. I'm a basketball lady. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, you want a sports car or like a monster truck? Uh, uh, no, truck. SUV. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Uh, beach house or cabin in the woods? Uh, cabin in the woods. All right. Favorite ice cream? Chocolate with peanut butter. <laughs> favorite Bible character? Uh, Noah. Okay. Favorite Bible verse? Right now, Jeremiah 32, 27. <laughs> All right. Nice. And last but not least, here's the tough one. 
one word to describe Lori. Joyful, hopefully. Oh, <laughs> joyful, hopefully. Okay, there we got oh, parentheses. Joyful. We got joyful. Hopefully. I am. I am joyful. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Awesome job, Lori. Enjoyed spending time with you. I consider you a, a friend, a mentor. You've been a great friend of my wife, Eve, and I appreciate what you and Scott mean to me and our family, what you're doing with these marriages. Uh, Rejoice Marriage Ministry. We're going to put in our notes some more information about um, the ministry and what you guys do, what you have to offer as far as devotional podcasts and things like that. But as we close, Lori, what can I pray for specifically? Oh, I would love it if you would pray for our marriage, you know, working with marriages, we see a lot of hardship and the enemy would love nothing more than to destroy a marriage. Mm -hmm. And so if you could pray for our marriage and that we continue to serve God together and, and one another, that would be great. Let's do it. God, we close in prayer and we thank you for this incredible conversation. Thank you for Lori, her family, what they're doing in this uh, area of marriages. We thank you for our coaches who have tuned in today and pray for their marriages. Um, as Lori mentioned, we pray for her and Scott. We know that the enemy devil, he wants to destroy these marriages. So we pray for their marriage, that they would um, strive to seek you. Um, pray for our coaches that may be hurting, maybe struggling, going through marriages, Lord, that they could um, just see the value, the importance of having a godly marriage and keeping you first in their life, in their marriages. Thank you for Lori, her testimony, the opportunity to spend time with us today. We pray that you give us a great day in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. What what a great interview. Lori, such great insight. Um, she mentioned a book about um, Jonathan Plucluda, and he's kind of like, he's a pastor, but kind of an expert in dating and, and young adults um, the book was outdated um, several of my tennis players had read it um, he's come and spoken at liberty a few times he also has a podcast called becoming something that is really good and it's also just short 25 to 30 minute episodes where he talks with some young adults just about what it means to to grow as a christian in all facets of life including relationships yeah, that's that's good. I I love this one. And uh, hey, we're releasing on Valentine's Day today, and so uh, tonight I get to I get to take my daughter. This will be the third straight Valentine's Day. I get to take her out. But for any of the coaches listening in, we need some practical advice here, guys. Like, what what's the game plan? You're their coach. You're in their corner. Uh, how can you encourage them here on Valentine's Day? Flowers and chocolate always works. Flowers and chocolate. But happy Valentine's Day. Uh, Lori was awesome. You can see her heart for the ministry, for marriages, for relationships, and uh, appreciate her sharing with that. And I love how she mentioned even the idea about, you know, be careful of comparing, you know, someone's highlight reel to your everyday experience. And it's so easy, coach, to in our marriages and our relationships to, to look at someone else and compare. And I wish we were, you know, had that marriage or wish this happened and be careful about that comparison. So I uh, excited about this um, next couple of weeks in uh, February. So coaches love well, uh, but thank you for joining with us. And we always close with the mission field is right where you're at.